Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome, indeed, to Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson, and with me is Pastor Dave Berge. Someday, I'm going to say, and with me is, and then we're going to have a third person that's going to be a giant a celebrity. <laughs> we got to do that someday. And then with us is George Clooney. And then we just talk through the biggest issue of the day with George Clooney. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. It, it, will there be an Ocean's 13? Yes. That's the big, that's <laughs> the big topic. Uh, uh, Norm MacDonald. Is, uh, yeah. 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 Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, guys, He's the yeah. star of a vampire dog. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that is an absolutely true thing. Look it up on the internet. Yeah. Norm MacDonald as vampire dog. <laughs> In his most courageous role yet. <laughs> this was recently, too. I mean, relatively recently. Anyway, this is the podcast where we do indeed talk about the big issues of life. We do it from a Christian perspective. However, we want our thoughts to reach people of all stripes and all kinds, so we welcome everyone who disagrees with us. Listen, uh, hash these ideas out with us. Yeah, we, 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 we try our hardest to um, represent fairly uh, even those positions which we don't disagree with, but we, would, we wouldn't want anyone to think that we're sort of uh, uh, building straw men that we get together, you know, uh, this isn't a ritualistic beatdown of a straw man. No, we no, do every we are not, as they say, taking a blowtorch to a field of straw men. We, uh, we don't do that. That we does try. sound fun, though. It does. Like, there, is, <laughs> there does seem to be some... <laughs> that would be fun. But no, we don't do that. We try to fairly represent points, and we try to represent pretty much orthodox Christianity, I would say. I'd say I'm squarely orthodox. You, Pastor, you... You are square. I, I'm very square. I'm that like is, a round. I'm like a. I'm I'm roundedly orthodox. Does that mean that you're you're just like you're open and and yeah. complete and yeah? I don't even know. What <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where we're going. I don't know where we're let's going. Go for, let's get more geometric. I'm like a trapezoid of uh, orthodoxy. I'm more rhombus. What is a rhombus? Uh, well, I'll tell you, but. Uh, oh, my, do my I have wife. To, do I have to give you money? No, to, my, oh, okay. no my my wife. Tell you I, but. I, I've used the term to annoy my wife. She's a math major, um, and uh-huh. well, was a math teacher, and so I would talk about rhombozoids, and she would just be like, "There's no such thing. Stop talking about rhombozoids." But a rhombus is um, a four sided figure um, where the two corresponding sides, or I'm sorry, uh, opposing sides, are parallel to one another. So it's like a. Is that a parallelogram? No, I'm making that up. That's no, a I, I just described a parallelogram. Why did I just describe a parallelogram? So rhombus. What? That's what we're looking What's for. What's a rhombus? A rhombozoid. <laughs> Can we go back to a- that? Avoid the rhombozoid. That was the <laughs> Domino's uh, pizza uh, guy who would uh, make your pizza stale. Now my wife is really going to be mad at me. Like, All right, you just described a parallelogram. You look it up, and I will run down what we've got going today. Pastor's looking at his phone right now as all the oh, young people do. rhombus looks like a diamond, basically. Oh. Okay, so it's like a square that you just sort of squish into a diamond. Oh, um, Mike, in Euclidean geometry, a rhombus, a plural rhombi or rhombuses, is a simple, non-self-intersecting quadrilateral whose four sides all have the same length. Another name is an equilateral. Quadrilateral? That's a, a mouthful. Uh, since equilateral means that all sides are equal in length. Okay, the rhombus is often called a diamond. You sounded uh, just like uh, the scarecrow when he got his brains at the end of Wizard of Oz. Remember? Then he didn't he he defined the shape of some he defined some equilateral equilateral triangle or something very yeah. quickly, and that meant that he was super smart. Now, so uh, all right. <laughs> so we've just defined. So so far today on Like Trees Walking, Rhombus defined. <laughs> 
Yeah, we should put that in in bold headlines so that we get more people to click on it. <laughs> Rhombus discussion. Uh, I'm sorry, Amy. I'm so sorry. No, hopefully we will take on a, a big topic in just a moment. And then later, to trivialize what we have done, we will be revisiting a department. Ooh. Uh, it has to do with the great singer-songwriter William Joel. But we did not start this. We didn't start it. We Don't didn't blame start us. it. Do not blame us. We didn't start it. But we'll revisit that. But first... We are taking on perhaps the biggest topic. I think the topic, the central thing of history. Yes, right? yes, yes. History of the universe, not just Earth, of all of creation. Universe, cosmos, whatever you want to say. Cosmos, yes. And that is this uh, little uh, season we have. It's upon us right now, if you're listening. Yeah. This is the season of this uh, fluffy bunny holiday called Easter. Yeah. Where you get the Cadbury eggs, you get the bunny who comes out on TV and quacks like a chicken and uh, leaves you little delicious eggs that I happen to like. Do you like the Cadbury I, cream I do eggs? Like, I do. And I, as a child, I remember going to the, the corner market and they seemed like so fancy, like they were like, you know, it was like 50 cents when, you know, this is the 80s, like 50 cents to buy a Cadbury cream egg. And they are one of the, the richest, they sweetest are. foods on the face of the earth. Like I don't eat sweets. And I think not too long ago I had a Cadbury cream egg and I was like, this is amazing. Like <laughs> we should we should be eating them right now as we're talking. About we this. should grab yourself. Press pause. Go grab yourself a Cadbury cream egg as Pastor Dave gets into the topic of this silly holiday Easter. What is it? Explain it to those who just put on their pastel shirts and and yeah, uh, I, celebrate it in a a non religious fashion. What what Dave is this Easter? This crazy Easter thing? Yeah, Explain or that it. it's one of the days like of the year that they get dragged to church, or whatever, and they sit in this you know group of people going like, "He is risen! He is risen indeed!" And it's like, uh, what? Like what is zombie, that? zombie Jesus? I mean, one of the things I do hate about our cultural moment, I think we're getting past it, hopefully. But remember, there was like the in the this past decade, the obsession with zombies oh. got just so it was just a, we're still obnoxious. living through the the Living Dead uh, series is oh, like Walking Dead Walking it, Dead sorry it's now it's, become a parody of itself because it it won't die it's a zombie show that is itself a zombie I I, I cannot believe that that show is still on and is still amazingly successful and has spinoffs or at least had them I don't know if that's still on. Yeah, people cannot get enough of zombies. And like the stu- like all the stupid, like, 18 ways to survive the zombie apocalypse. Uh. I, it, 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 it was so annoying. What explains our, like, the obsession with zombies with an, you know, your pride and prejudice and zombies? Like, that was made recently. That's like a fairly recent <laughs> movie. It's, it's driving me crazy. The enough world with the zombies. Man, the world makes me weary. Oh, and zombie you, runs, zombie 5Ks. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh. folks. Is that, is, which is worse, that or kickball? Guys with mustaches playing kickball. Thousand times zombies. Okay. I'll I'll go join an adult kickball league right now before I'll ever do a zombie run. <laughs> so you'll wear uh, a tiny cutoff jean shorts. That sounds fun, <laughs> actually. Yes, that's very appealing to me. And you'll grease your hair back, grow I have a mustache, nice be- play kickball. I don't grow a mustache. I'll just shave this, delicious, yeah, no, this it's rich good. beard I have. You're looking pretty hipster Thank right you. now. I feel like it. All right. So that's what Easter's about. It's a zombie time, right? Because <laughs> he's risen. But he's like as undead, the undead, you know, sort of the parody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this from a couple, couple different angles. Okay, so explain Easter. First of all, first of all, when I explain Easter, I just want to dispense with one of the dumbest things that I tend to see or hear every once in a while was that Easter was named after some like 
um, druid pe- pagan goddess Oestra. And that, like, oh, the whole idea for uh, the resurrection and Easter came from this uh, pagan notion of like a dying and rising god called Oestra. Like, that people, that people use this and go, like, see, that's just where the whole Easter idea came from. Okay. First of all, yes. it's very unclear that there was any such like pagan goddess in uh, Germanic or English f- folklore or, or folk religion called Westra. That's just extremely uh, tendentious claim, uh, probably false. Second of all, if you look at every other uh, European Latin-based language for what they call Easter, yeah, it's called like some version of Pasha, right. which is from the Hebrew pa- for Passover. Yes. Because Jesus' death and resurrection happened around the time uh, in conjunction with the Jewish festival of Passover. So the etymological stupidity of equating Jesus' resurrection with, oh, you just stole the, the, from this name Easter, I can't handle that. Like, please, if you ever say that, I can't, I can't take you seriously as a thinking person. Yeah, and, and if you go from there to saying that Christmas is not actually Jesus' birthday, that, that's another. That's <laughs> we'll get to that on another day. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's, That'll be that's, our, special, our Christmas special. Like, please, just, just stop it, people. And Also, there's President's Day, and not all the presidents were born <laughs> on President's Day or died. on. We, we know that. So <laughs> thank you. So explain all those things. But anyway, keep going. So anyway, so, so you know, Easter, but the sort of tenuous connection that you can make is to say that, that, that not the name, but just this idea. Oh, there was in the ancient world, there was always this idea of a god who dies and rises again. The, the Isis, the, you know, the Isis myth or something like the that. The corn god was yep. another. Yes. Yep, exactly. And uh, I think what we very clearly have to say is that where this Christian idea of resurrection and Mike did say this is he appropriately noted. This is the this is the thing. You know, what what made Christianity was the claim of Jesus's resurrection, that he is no longer in the tomb. He is not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That, um, uh, you know, I've heard it said before, if you get rid of the Christmas story, you lose, you know, four chapters from the beginning of the Gospels, you know, mm-hmm. a, a couple from Matthew, a couple from Luke. If you, get resurrect- if you get rid of resurrection, you lose the entire New Testament. Um, yes. Totally, completely. Right. It's gone. Because what, what Christians, what made Christianity... And what makes Christianity the 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 central the crux of the whole thing is this claim that Jesus has been resurrected, that death has been defeated, that that the grave does not get the last word. And so when we talk about what is you know what is Christianity all about, um, I guess one of the most the, the truest and most simple answers is it's about Easter, it's about the empty tomb, it's about resurrection, and what that means for the cosmos, and what that means for the cosmos is that um that that there is a force a love that comes from God that is more powerful than anything that opposes it the that the the deepest darkest powers of sin and death and evil which so often seem like they're just going to triumph in this world you know you look at Syria and people being gassed you know um, you look at uh, tragically losing loved ones to cancer or in accidents and you just go you know what at the end of this it's a veil of tears like there is no happy ending you know tragedy is comedy plus time and it's true for all of us and, we, and the, at the heart of that Christians when we are tempted to lose hope tempted to despair we look at that that empty tomb and the risen Christ and we go no 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 he you know 
death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death now is your sting. That Christ has has defeated that, begun that defeat, which is still working itself out and will work itself out at the end of history. So resurrection is the central claim. It's not a pagan myth dying, rising again. If you had asked any of the ancient pagans, like, oh, well, when did that happen? They were like, no, no, what are you talking about? We're talking about a myth in the sense of an eternally true story that has no relationship to history itself. So what differentiates the Christian claim of resurrection from the corn god or the Isis myth? It's like, no, no, like they're saying, I, this happened. I saw this. This, yeah. this tomb over here that I'm pointing you at, that's, that's where this happened. That, that no follower of Isis or one of the mystery religions ever would have tried to take you to the tomb of where their, their god had done that. No, 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 no. They understood. They were talking about something totally different. And, right. and so, and then, so really, the the resurrection idea doesn't come from the the world of pagan mythology. And oh, by the way, they didn't need the modern science to tell people that when they died, they stayed dead. Right? Like everyone's known that, like all the time. Yeah. And of course, there were several notions of well, what happens? Is there like an immaterial or immortal piece of someone that continues to live on actually after they die? That in in you know Greco Roman circles, uh, especially, there was lots of conversation about what happened to the soul, if anything, after death, for sure. But resurrection is not talking about what happened to Jesus's soul after he died. Right. We got to put it on the map of first century Second Temple Judaism, where this idea of resurrection comes from. That it is not life after death, but as N.T. Wright famously says, it's about life after life after death. That it is a a a transformative re-embodiment, as it were. And so it's a new kind of physical, transformed physical existence, creaturely existence, um, that's behind this all. Because Jesus, when he rose, one of the strange things, you if you were making up stories about a ghost or a, a, a phantom, you would never say that he showed up and started eating fish with you. Yes. That's really weird that he's breaking bread with his disciples, that he's leaving, you know, footprints in the sand on the shores of the Sea yeah. of Galilee. Like that this these stories, if you were making them up, they they would be incredibly weird ones to invent. Yes. And and I, I would challenge those skeptics out there who haven't dug into it and just sort of dismiss it without reading it. Read the New Testament and read how the evidence is presented. It is presented as a, please go check this out, especially in the letters of Paul. Yeah, Paul's like, like and he appeared to these people, yeah, and then 500 a- Go ever. ask them. And most of them are still with us. <laughs> He's doing it in the same way that you would almost like if you, you something incredible happened, like I, I leaped my car over 15 buses. No, go, go, go ask Dave. He was there. There was a I bunch of people it. in the crowd. It was so cool. This is a real, true historical event, which that point alone that differentiates it as you were saying from almost every other religion correct yes very few have as their i mean is there another one at all that has a historical claim is like the central part of the religion no uh, i mean not that i can think of the others are are just pure metaphysics in some sense or another yeah and and you can't translate the christian claim of resurrection into some other fully into some other idiom. So like sometimes it's like, well, you know, it was it, it, the the point that's being made cannot be made enough is that when we're talking about resurrection, we're not talking about an experience inside the minds or the hearts of the disciples. Like 
faith rose or hope no, no, rose, no. you know, like that's garbage. Like, yeah. like, yeah, that couldn't be part of it. Like it restored some faith or some hope in them. Absolutely. But that's, it's not reducible to the experience that they have that somehow it transformed them into this idea of like, well, since Jesus died, but you know what? It can't get the last word. So here is his hope lives in our hearts forever. Right. That's not what we're claiming at all. We're saying like, no, no, no. Like we were down depressed, thought everything was over. We hoped that he was going to be the one who would set everything right, and boy, were we disappointed. But no, that that didn't change until they saw him alive again in a way that they never saw before. Like Thomas saying, like, I, the famous doubting Thomas, like, I'm not going to believe this until I touch him, until I place my hands in his wounds. So it's this, it's, it's, runs completely counter to the expectations of first century Jews that was completely off the map of first century paganism. You talked about resurrection to them and they're like, we have a lot of thoughts about what happens to people after they die. Resurrection is completely off the table. It's, it's an absurdity. And so here Jesus shows up and how do you explain this group of, you know, followers, this, this movement emerging from within Judaism, um, that soon explodes on the world stage. Uh, you know, this making this very bold, outrageous, but history-based claim that he is risen. He is risen indeed. What explains the, the Christian movement with its central message of resurrection? Better than resurrection itself. Occam's razor. Shave it down. And this is incredible. And it's hard because, you know, we history, historical knowledge, we make by way of analogy. You know, so this type of thing has happened before. Therefore, I can plausibly believe that this other similar type of thing has happened before. And resurrection is challenging because it's utterly and completely unique and novel. Yeah. And one of the things I think that I would explain again to the skeptic when you look at Easter and you go and maybe you see the uh, uh, you, you you see the the Pope doing the Mass on the Easter Mass or yeah. whatever, and you see Christians all around the world looking so happy and like what why are they so happy i ask you to imagine you know the walk with with jesus who was going to be the savior in some sense they the disciples weren't completely clear on what was going to happen and uh and then he's summarily put to death in this humiliating gets the death of a uh, a criminal yeah. a petty criminal just and, and horrible suffering and then they sit around for 3 days going what was that all about trying their best to pray and that's why we're so happy. Then he appears to them like the physical man. He he reappears. He's alive. They, they, everything is turned around. Everything's reversed. Imagine the joy that you'd feel. Someone that you loved dearly, who taught you and said all these things, and then he disappeared in the most ignominious manner, and, and you're just left devastated. So the joy, that's part of the joy, is just that, that sort of rewalking that walk that the disciples had, I think. Yeah, and... Uh the the in in this world where we experience sorrow and disappointment and we are prone to uh despair uh what's happening around us that it's a, a beautiful reminder each and every year that you know this this i mean this old creation is passing away but there is new there is new creation that um that we get echoes of and glimmers of and glimpses of that that new creation is possible in one of the the children's bibles i read to my kids you know it talks about jesus coming and the, re- the resurrection meaning you know that all of the sad things can come untrue mm-hmm. um is a a simple beautiful way to put what the ultimate hope of resurrection is and the saddest thing 
You can imagine what happened to Jesus coming untrue in the resurrection and saying what's true of him is going to be true for all of the new creation that belongs to him. Mm-hmm. And so we have that. Um, we have that to look forward to, and we have that not as pie in the sky, but something that is caked in the dust and the dirt and the sweat and the blood of you know first century um, Palestine. Right, and Paul makes it explicitly clear, the, the Apostle Paul, yeah, uh, not, 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 your not friend McCartney Paul. or my friend Paul, <laughs> makes it very clear that the resurrection is so central in that he says, if Christ did not rise, you are still in your sins, and we, of all men, are most to be pitied, because we're believing something ridiculous. So th- it was central. It was like, no, you must believe the resurrection, otherwise all collapses, and it's not only collapses— you're a moron, and you're still yeah. you still got your sins. So you're nothing is solved unless he is resurrected. So the Easter, you know, the Easter claim. I mean, that's what. And when we look at, you know, it wasn't invented, sort of tacked on to the end of the Gospels. I mean, this is before there are Gospels written, written accounts of Jesus's life. We have the letters of Paul um, attesting to the the centrality of the resurrection to Christian faith. Without resurrection, there is no Christianity. There is no. Christian faith. The whole thing is right gone. So that is why Christians are are happy. We're on so Easter. happy, and we're celebrating, and we're just we're just plain stoked. That is why. Also, we had um, when we were out in uh, San Diego, we had a church that really put on like a the high Easter with the the show man. Yeah. And when you go in there, and those horns like the oh, yeah. the, the valveless trumpets are are blowing out in this. Oh, it's amazing, and the organ is just like making the, the blaring and it's shaking, shuddering. Oh, yeah. and, oh, it's just that's that's fantastic. I'm telling you, there's no there's no Star Wars movie that could give you the feeling. No, <laughs> just believe in the resurrection for the music itself. It yeah. produces some really great. Music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite is uh, the strife is o'er, the battle's yeah. done. The things are all. It's like the, there's a version by this band, the Welcome Wagon, uh, who is a also, went, he's a, went to my alma mater, Princeton Seminary. This guy, Vito Ayuto, Resurrection uh, uh, Church in uh, Williamsburg, New York City. But he has this band called The Welcome Wagon. They do this wonderful, stirring rendition of the Strife of Zor. I'm going to listen like, to that right after we this. we got to listen to it, and it's like, you're like, yeah! Heck yeah! Yeah. Death, I'm going to kick you in the teeth. <laughs> Cur- <laughs> Jesus, uh, this is going to get a little graphic, but we'll do it. He curbs Dom's death. <laughs> yes. So, so that's why we're so excited. Yeah, that's what uh, Easter is all about. And we could say much, much more about it. And I think we will say much, much more about oh. it in future episodes. But that's sort of the, that's what the the thumbnail sketch of what Easter is. Anything to add to that, Pastor? No. All right. You're, you're just thinking of that song, aren't you? He's got a big smile <laughs> yeah, on his I'm face. Like, let's we're get, we're like, both smiling because it is around Easter time. I do get excited. It's amazing. I'm so happy when, when Easter comes. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not false. It's like the deepest kind of happiness. And that's why we're happy. So... We will be back in a moment. Speaking of happy, Billy Joel is coming your way. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back after this message from the pastor on Like Trees Walking. Hey, everyone, you are listening to Like Trees Walking, and we appreciate it so much. If you could do us a couple of favors, that would be great, especially around this time of Easter. You can share this podcast or uh, one of the other ones uh, with someone you know and love um, who's maybe uh, skeptical or doubting or something like that. Uh, 
not that this is the last word, but this is our word of hope that we want to share, that, that, that our hope is in the resurrection. Um, and this is a reasonable hope um, for us to share. And so you can go on iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate it, you can review it, you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook. All of those are great ways for you to interact with the pod and make sure you're getting the freshest, most wonderful content. We appreciate all of your love and support. Um, we've been doing this for almost a year now. We, I think we recorded our pilot. So uh, this has been a real joy for us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Let's get back to it. The three Michael J. Nelson here. David Berge, also here. We, uh, in the first half, talked about uh, Easter and the resurrection, and that's a big topic. Um, yep. So, I mean, you know, faith rose in your hearts. Any, uh... <laughs> that's was our summary. <laughs> uh, right? Anything to, uh... Collect? Oh, man, we did. I, we There was so much we could have touched on, but I just wanted... But I, but I feel like the beautiful thing is, I think each Easter we can come back to this, but that, uh, you know, that, that the... The fallacy of just being dismissive of it and saying, "Oh, it's connected to this other, you know, thing that we all know is false." Like a, that doesn't work. We have to look at the claim itself and the context from which it arose, and um, that this is, you know, Christians. If they were doing anything, it's from the very beginning, from the jump, as the kids say, they were running around and declaring that the same Jesus who they walked with on the on the roads of Galilee, um, you know, and saw crucified on the cross. Um, in humiliation and pain in in uh, walls outside Jerusalem, this same one is is risen. He is risen indeed, and that was the 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 spark that ignited ignited the fire of Christianity that still burns to this day. And it's what it's what animates us. It what it's what gives us joy, um, and that's why Easter is is so amazing because it's this it's this life, this beautiful life with God, um, that is stronger than even the power of the grave. He is risen. He, he is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. That's always oh. I, they say it in, in the Greek Orthodox Church. It's like you know, it's even better. It's like Christos Aneste, Alethios Aneste. Oh, I like that. Mm, let's say that at our church. We will. You're we, the pastor. You can do it. D- me like <laughs> doing a pronunciation guide. We, we, I, we do got some Greeks. We have uh, one thing to finish off on uh, on Easter though. Where do you stand, pro or con, uh, marshmallow peeps? You know they've never done much for me to be honest so I'm not I guess if I ha- if I'm forced with a pro or con I'll take a I'll take a con position okay just cuz they haven't they've never been an important part of celebrating Easter for me they don't taste great they don't do much for me in terms of taste I'm going to go pro on it, but not in a strong way. Okay. So this is nothing we can have continual battles about. But I do, the the yellow color, the unnatural yellow color, yeah. makes me kind of happy. And and if I eat one, which I probably haven't done in 30 years, but uh, I, I would say it's generally positive, the kind of crunchy sugar on the outside it's of a, a, little a crunchy. pretty decent marshmallow. I'll eat one. I mean, I'm not saying I won't. You put a peep in front of me, I'll eat it. But I'm, it's no Cadbury cream egg. Yeah, that is, well, that is one hundred percent. Or the the only j- and jelly beans generally, I think, are just black jelly beans for the win, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love them. I love them. Give me all your black jelly beans. Send them to me. 
I'll give you my P.O. box. Do you hand out popcorn balls like on Halloween at your front door? <laughs> I, I hand out um, <laughs> Mary Jane candies, those uh, terrible like peanut butter chewy that yeah. just make your jaws stick Ugh. together, and Werther's. And homemade popcorn balls wrapped in wax paper. <laughs> I'm the most. No, I don't. And <laughs> apples with razor blades, <laughs> uh, but which never happened actually. Which is no, so that funny. was a, a false. Uh, yeah. But that shaped my try. I basically thought I was just, people were poisoning my candy. As I'm a child glad, of the I'm 80s, glad to I hear it was still around when when you came along because that was when I was a kid. It was the same thing. Like basically, just throw away the apples because there's obviously going to be a razor. Every blade Halloween, all. all people were trying to do is kill small children. That's <laughs> yes. basically what I grew up thinking. But uh, all that to say. That Starburst jelly beans are there's no other brand, and that's all I will. Those are good. Those are good. I'm a, I'm pro jelly bean all the way around. Black ones are the best. No, but you know, to each their own. All right. Well, let's let's get to the important stuff. Um, I'm gonna just bring it up here, and uh, we'll we'll ease into it. Here you go. Here's a little sample. Oh, we're going back. You thought it was done. Speaking of zombies, this will not die. He should do a every year a new verse. It gets in your head. You got to admit that. Oh, it's it, it's extremely catchy. Yes, it is time to. Uh, we we did a quiz earlier where Dave, Pastor Dave, had to get through, I think, two years of Billy Joel's song. He had to give an accurate uh, thumbnail description of everything mentioned yeah. in the song before we would quit doing it. So he got we bailed out pretty early. You got it by 1955. And when did it start? 1947. I think, 1947. Oh, I think that's was that when he was born. born or I assume, yeah, yeah. So he's the fire that he didn't start somehow. Anyway, uh, there's just so much we left on the floor, as they say. You know, we we left it. We got to return to this. So yeah. we're going to revisit the quiz. Uh, we're going to pick it up at 1956. And Dave, are, are you ready for this? I'm so ready. I think, is it going to get easier as it gets toward your birth, I, I assume? I think it should. I would think so, but... Uh, but we're still 26 years out from it. So. Right. So, And you probably weren't you know, paying attention at your birth, so it's not like you gain any advantage there. But it does seem like the more recent history is going to be a little easier. Uh, all right, here we go. 1956, Dave Bardot. Brigitte Bardot, actress who starred in some things. That's all I can say. Wow, can you give me her nationality? She's French, right? Yes. She's like a, a French bombshell. I think she was discovered by a uh, film director. Oh, his name is... Uh, it's just on the tip of my tongue. But he, she was probably 17, and he put her in a sort of very provocative movie mm. when she was young, and she became a instant success as a sex kitten, as the old term used to be, which I think is... <laughs> Kind of disturbing, but that's that's what they call. <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah, sex kitten. Ooh, she's a sex kitten. Wow. Yeah, that's what a ter- that's a bad term. Yeah, that's a terrible term. Uh, Budapest or Budapest? Oh, um, the uh, this was the Soviet invasion of Hungary was in 1956. That is correct. Right? Uh, he is then mentioning. I assume you know what Alabama is, but in the context of 1956, what did he mean? 1956, Alabama. This would be uh, you know the gym. I'm assuming something to do with school integration. And uh, the Jim Crow South, right? That is good enough for me. Yes, that was it? Is true. It wasn't the Montgomery bus boycott in 1956, was it? It was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, there we that's go. Exactly it. Khrushchev, Nikita Khrushchev, the premier of the Soviet Union. That is correct. Princess Grace. Uh, she was. Uh, uh, she was obviously a part of the British royal family. Oh! Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Of Monaco, she was the princess of Monaco. Woo! 
dodged a bullet there. Yes, and who is she? Can you give me any more information? She about married her? someone famous. Or no, she was an American who married Prince Albert of Monaco, right? I knew you'd get to it. Yes. No, no, Prince Rainier. Whatever, but someone of Monaco. Prince Albert. Do you have Prince, Prince Albert, Albert in, in a can? can? I do. Isn't the current Prince of Monaco Prince Albert? Princess Grace was a huge movie star. She yeah. was famously in a couple of Hitchcock movies. What's She's her real name, Grace? What? More than that. Uh, Grace, uh, Grace Kelly? Grace Kelly. No, Grace. Yes, that's <laughs> yes, it, right? right? Yeah, Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly, yeah. Why did that sound weird in my head? I don't know. Yes, Grace Kelly. Um, and then she, she, of course, died in, I think, the 80s, uh, on the very road that she was in uh, a couple of famous scenes with Cary Grant in... <sighs> In one of her own How movies. poetic. Yeah. So she filmed there, and then many years later, she died. She was in a car accident? In a similar car to the car that, yeah, is sort of spooky. Life imitates art, as they say, Mike. Peyton Place, Dave. What is Peyton Place? Uh, was it a TV show? Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a little more than that. I got... You don't have any Dude, more? I have nothing. Okay. It was a number one best-selling book. It was sort of a pot boiler, sort of a... What's a pot boiler? Oh boy! You know, like opening the it was sort of a racy, okay. Um, you know, look at the 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 secret lives of, of oh, like the seedy underworld, the seedy or... underbelly of some I don't know some housing area or something called Peyton Place. So you uh, you failed that, and year. it was then turned into a TV show, right? Uh, I don't know if it ever became it became a movie, and then I don't know if it was ever a TV show. I honestly don't know. Trouble in the Suez. And this would refer to the Suez Crisis. Right? Yes. The, what, what would that be? Uh, I believe. I okay. Think just this... inverting the words "trouble" in the Suez to the Suez crisis doesn't <laughs> fully explain. This was basically like uh, the Egyptian nationalist uh, Nasser. Uh, they seized the Suez, and then the French and British took it back. But I'm... then the U.S. basically made the French and British stand yeah, yeah, down. You know what? That's good enough. But you already failed 1956. So. Oh, man, but... Uh. Yeah, all right. So, anyway, we're in 1957. Here's a chance to redeem yourself. Little Rock. Arkansas. Uh, would this be like... <laughs> Again, I'm going to need... Uh, something about... Yeah, this is another, you know, uh, civil rights movement. movement. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. That's good enough. Pasternak. Oh, Boris Pasternak, a great, of course, uh, uh, Soviet... Uh, 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 I'm sorry, he's a chess player? Oh! No, I mean he's a a, ball, a, ballet, a ballet guy. Oh, so bad. He wrote. Uh, he's a writer. He wrote okay. Doctor Zhivago. Oh, should should we Dr. move on from the things, or should we? La, just... Lara. No, I guess we should. We should just move to the next. Yeah, year. you should. Okay. I guess. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch in there that you're not going to get. Sputnik and fifty-eight Lebanon. Uh, there's a war in Lebanon between between Israel and Lebanon. I'm sorry. No, it's between the Christians and other groups of people in Lebanon. Ooh, boy, fifty-eight is right out of the right out of the way. Okay, fifty-nine. This should be easy. I think I'm looking down at. Yes, this should be easy. Okay, Buddy Holly. Oh, the great Buddy Holly. The that'll be the day that I die. American rock and roll star died tragically. No, that was the day the music died. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ben Hur. Epic movie. Period piece. Good enough. Space monkey. That's the Soviets shot a monkey into space. Good enough. A mafia. Uh, you know, there's lots of... <laughs> the Costa Nostra was doing a lot of stuff in America, I guess. Yeah, that's all you need on that one. <laughs> Hula hoops. Uh, the 
toy sensation, you know, like akin to a fad, like pet rocks and sea monkeys. And stuff. That's good enough for me. Castro. Oh, Fidel Castro, the 1959 revolution where the communists seized control of Cuba. Very good. Edsel is a no-go. Oh, the, the, this is the car. Let me just sing that to make it. Hula hoops, Castro, Edsel is a no-go. It's the, the car that was whoever made it, Ford, or whoever made that was like this awful car that no one liked. But it was like supposed to be ahead of its time or something. Yeah, it was Henry Ford's son. It was named, his name was Edsel Ford. That's an awful name. It's an awful name, and it was an awful car. What was so bad about the car? I think there was something to do with its appearance. It had a weird looking, there's been many, many studies on it. Like marketing studies are based on, because they poured so much into it and it should have been a layup. You know, Ford is the company, you know, and it had a weird looking grill and people just did not buy it. So if they had just, there wasn't much else wrong with it. It just was kind of ugly or something. So anyway, it was a major failure. Uh, all right, 1960. See, I got a year. You got a year, so we're almost there for those of you who are going for the love of all no, that is I think good. people are loving People are enjoying this. <laughs> uh, 1960, U2. Well, that is not the band where the streets have no name and The Edge and Bono. This is the, um, the American spy plane that was sh- downed or crashed over uh, and the pilot was taken captive in yes. Russia. Correct. Singman Rhee. He's some kind of revolutionary in the Far East. Uh, that's going to be close enough okay. to get you through another year. Who We're going to say yes. Who was Sigmund? What does it say? The first president of South Korea, but uh, yeah, it was. It, he was forced to resign by a student-led democratic movement. Mm-hmm. So because it was a military dictatorship. For I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you that. Thank you. Uh, Paola. Yeah, this is where uh, people pay to uh, get their songs on the radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It still happens, right? Well, I don't know as much because the radio doesn't have as much power anymore, does it? That's true. That's true. Probably not as much. Uh, Kennedy. Kennedy. Is this familiar to you at all? Um, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the president of the United States. That is correct. Chubby Checker. Chubby Checker. Come on, baby. Uh, Let's do the twist. That's a very good impression of him. Thank you. Because most of your impressions end up sounding like you're... What what is your your roommate like? (laughs) (laughs) My my general person, I disdain voice. (laughs) Uh, Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock. Thriller. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock did not direct Thriller. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to... (laughs) (laughs) Who did direct Thriller? Uh, isn't it Vincent? Like, it's Coppola or something. The or no, somebody no, uh, Landis, John Landis, I believe, the director of like Animal House and yeah. stuff like that. I think great. he directed Thrills. Um, Belgians, this is for the win now. Oh, Belgians in the Congo, Belgians in the Congo. So the Congolese, I mean, the Belgian Congo was a it was a colony of Belgium, and this was when uh, this is when the Congo won its independence from the Belgianese. I'm going to I'm going to give you that. It was it was more about there was a, uh, a an almost I don't know if it's considered a genocide, but uh, many many deaths in the struggle for the independence of. And were the, the Belgians were the Belgians precipitating this genocide? I well I believe so. I'm I'm who what who was the mon- like the colon- like the monarch who was in charge of Belgium when the oh, colonists it was it was like Leopold well, King Leopold I mean he was just a but- like they just butchered there was yeah. a long ugly sad history of 
just absolutely exploiting yeah, and butchering the, the, the Congolese. They're all, what's wrong with the Belgians? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, bad news. Yeah, they just absolutely, yeah, a, 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 a horrible history. And Isn't you look that at true the, like, that there are places in the Congo that like no Western human being has ever set foot in. I think so. Way. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a large and for like yeah. formidable. Uh, I mean, jungle and stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's and the legacy they left in the in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the Belgians. Ugh. That's why we had to sing in Billy Joel's song "Belgians it's in, in the, the Congo. Congo." What else do I have to say? J- yeah, it's like the JFK blown Drop away. Drop the mic. Yeah. Hey, um, you I know what that means? Years. That means that you won. Yeah. I think the savvy listener knew that, and we're waiting for the triumph. So why don't you take a victory lap? Um, and what that what that also means, though, is. We have at least like six more years yes. to go. So yes. we, we will be revisiting. That we bit can the live. Fire. The department yes. can live, and I love it. If you weren't so uh, gall dang smart, you know. I want to uh, thank my, I, I love my history teachers. I want to thank my history teachers, Mr. Ferguson, Mr. Denisenko. You guys really inspired me. So thank you so much. Do you have a uh, particular kind of history, like an era of history that you uh, are fond of studying? Uh, I love, uh, you know, I would say that I uh, probably like 19th century American history, I, I find really, really interesting. Um, well, we'll do, we'll set up a quiz for that, specifically for that next time. Oh, gosh. Teapot Dome. Oh, that's all I know. Yeah. Explain Teapot Dome. We used to, uh, the Teapot Dome scandal was a thing that Bridget and I, my wife and I, said was brought up so many times when we were kids. I should know everything about this, but all I know is the words Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just the corrupt. Uh, it was the corrupt mayoral. Uh, th- you know, lots of payoffs and kickbacks. And yeah, all and, that. You had and the... it lasted for years, and it finally blew up. So I think that's all the. the that's not all game. it is, man. Well, I mean, we could go into more detail. Let's look it up, and we'll <laughs> we'll talk about it. Like we know, we'll what we're talk about, about it next time. I yeah. Like okay. Next time on Light Trees Walking, where we take on the big questions, things like what was the Teapot Dome scandal. And savvy listeners will also remember that we have not looked up where the phrase, a man's got to have a code, came from. So <laughs> we will be doing that next time, uh, only oh. two, two episodes later than our promise. So Sorry. return for that. This is Like Trees Walking. The big reveal. I'm, I'm Mike Nelson. David Brady. So long. So long.